tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia M. Dooley. Social Conversations. Let's welcome our first A-team guest, Casper Lita, who is a conflict criminologist affiliated with the Northwest University School of Philosophy. Welcome, Casper. Thank you for joining us. Are you there, Casper? Yes, I'm here. Okay, uh, good it's evening. It's my pleasure. Good <laughs> evening. Right. So, Casper, your article, okay, talking about um, ex-offenders becoming uh, prison wardens in South Africa, where does this emanate from? Have you studied what happens within uh, our prison system? Uh, yes, well, it started with my PhD. You know, I did my PhD on the Chinese prison system. And... Uh, for most of the 20th century, socialist legal systems have accused the West of having abandoned the ideal of rehabilitation. I mean, we see warehousing everywhere. Even our uh, Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, uh, Ronald Lamula, has lamented the fact that warehousing is the central feature of, of our correctional uh, system. And... Uh, the Chinese have this integrative shaming culture, whereas they condemn the misdeed but not the offender. And as uh, John Braithwaite, an Australian uh, criminologist, says, they remonstrate to the offender until he can see the error of his ways as a way to reintegrate him back into the uh, society which is not something uh, you often see in the West. Even in South Africa, there's a harsh, stigmatizing, shaming culture which drives ex-offenders away from mainstream culture into the, into the arms of criminal subcultures, which is why we have such an unsustainable high rate of recidivism in this country. So, Caspar, what do you suggest then in terms of being able to uh, remove that uh, stigma of uh, an ex-offender who has been released? Oh, that's a huge task. Mm. That's a huge task, task, partly because of the presence of an animal known as a prison industrial complex. We've seen the Busasa scandal whereby they corrupted PCS. Uh, and where ex-offenders were recycled for reasons of profit rather than to keep us safe. It's a huge task, but uh, the important, I think, uh, important preliminary answer would be to say that no society is entirely homogenous, which means that even if it is a harsh stigmatizing shaming culture, we do find elements of integrative shaming in our society. And I love to quote that example of former President Zuma, who was who allowed it himself to be persuaded to hand himself over. Um, he was addressed by uh, a member of his of, of Zulu Nation who spe- spoke to him respectfully and addressed him as Baba. And uh, she was also aware of his clan um, refineries She spoke to him respectfully, even though it took many, many hours. Zuma was uh, convinced that rather than being humiliated, he must must, um, remain true to his dignity and rather surrender himself. Now, that is a beautiful example of a constructive reprimand, which is a central feature of the integrative shaming culture. And there's many 
such cultures in Africa, integrative shaming cultures. But then we can't go without noticing that um, some of the crimes that were committed by those who are incarcerated uh, cannot be likened to even Jacob Zuma, as you are putting it. Some of them are heinous crimes. People have been slaughtered and killed, raped and maimed. So how do we then as society openly say, no, it's okay, you know, let's let, let's reintegrate them when we know very well that the system doesn't do a, a thorough rehabilitation? Um, look, I know what you're saying, but it's I think it's important to keep those two issues separate. Nobody said that people who commit heinous crimes should not be punished. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying once a punishment runs its course, we must ask ourselves, what do we do with these people? But then we also need to ask ourselves, Casper, yes, the punishment has run its course. What happens to us who were the victims? What happens to me as a mother who's lost a child because someone who was incarcerated ran his couple of months, a couple of years course in the prison system and comes out back into the community? He raped my daughter or he killed my son or killed my husband. How do I you know, trust in the system that it did its job during the time this person was incarcerated? Before we even think about talking about uh, you know, incarcerated people, ex-offenders becoming prison wardens. Uh, okay, so what is your question? My question is, how do we as society welcome them the way you say? You say we must be inclusive, we yeah. must have the culture of shame, they've run their course, but how do we do that when we have scars, when we look at that same person, knowing that the system that they come from has not rehabilitated them correctly? Um... I know what you're saying, and I've got a lot of sympathy for that perspective. That is why it's so important that role models within the system, and we're not talking about anybody, we're talking about model offenders. Uh, that is the Kader model the Chinese referred to. That that sort of people are installed in the system and can plow back their skills. Uh, I mean, this has been proven as a very successful fruitful exercise internationally. Mm. So, I mean, it's not, it's not merely theoretical criminology. It has been, it has been uh, demonstrated very, very ably to be very effective. I mean, uh, the Chinese have been practicing this since the 1950s, uh, once the communists came into power there, and Mao, in one of his famous speeches, I think 1956, said, 95% of all criminals can be successfully remolded into productive citizens. Now, we used, now I think that figure of 95% is very significant, which means not everybody, like some of those heinous crimes you referred to, not everybody would necessarily fall into that bracket. But the vast majority of people can be successfully rehabilitated and uh, brought back into the system. Although what the Chinese mean by uh, remolded is not what we understand as the systems in the West. What the Chinese mean by that is unapologetic brainwashing. But it's still a very valuable idea. 
Sure. Maybe we need to go through that uh, concept of unapologetic uh, brainwashing so we, we grasp it a bit better, especially for us as South Africans who live in a country that has a high crime rate and, you know, high inequality ratio. But for now, Casper, let's go to a quick break and we'll be back so you can explain this uh, more for us. A-teamers, is 22 minutes after 10. Please, the lines are open. Let's, let's engage with Casper. You know, uh, would it be a good thing that for those who are um, remolded, as Casper uh, puts it, um, coming from uh, the prison system are given opportunities to at least become prison wardens in South Africa. Do you think this would be a way forward so that we could see crime minimized, we could see people um, reintegrating into society, having jobs despite that they're ex-offenders? Call in on uh, 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 614 SMSs go to 41391. For unskippable, no click baiting, and cookie free, with lots of real followers and likes, place your sales campaign on SAFM. Radio is still the best place to advertise your business at affordable rates. SAFM, with its national footprint and top personalities, offer advertisers distinctive opportunities to reach their target audience. Email sales at safm.co.za. SAFM, the influencer you can trust. SAFM. Prime time all day long. Social Conversations. We're in conversation with Casper uh, Lita, who's a conflict criminologist, and uh, he released an article and is explaining to us how, um, you know, ex-offenders could be or should be made prison wardens in South Africa and uh, taking from leaves in other international countries where such has been successful. Casper, thank you for your patience. Before the break, you were explaining to me how the Chinese have this concept of, of you know, the total brainwashing. How would that work? Well, it's not something that will necessarily be acceptable in a Western context, you know. But for the Chinese, ideological brainwashing is very acceptable. But uh, I don't think we necessarily need to go that far. The fact is, if people have shown sufficient assistance and have improved their lives, I mean, there's sufficient uh, evidence in the literature to show that offenders that have been supported in their efforts to reform themselves, that they succeed after release from prison. So um, I think it's enough that people make that effort and that we support them in, in doing so. And I think that's where the CADA model, which comes from the Chinese idea of integrative justice, is very valuable, you know, where people who are respected and who um, can be placed in the, within the system to guide others can be extremely valuable. Let's go to the lines. A team, uh, Tabo, is on the line. Good evening, Tabo. Uh, how are you, uh, Julie? We are good, thanks. What's your comment? Uh, uh, my comment, uh, I, I want to say, I, I so believe this, it will make it. I so believe in this philosophy. It's because uh, we, we have to have visions which are not opposing, but growing, improving. So in that vision, we need people who will unite, 
we need people who know that they are black and also white. Because I'm black because I believe. I'm black because I love. I'm black because I attract. I'm black because I create. And I'm black because I'm kind. I'm white because I win. And I'm white because I hope. I'm white because I'm, I improve. I, I'm, I am white because I treasure. And I am white because I execute my dreams. You understand? So I, I, I hear you loud topic. and clearly, but I'm not really understanding how it fits into the topic. We need okay. what he's saying is no, everybody uh, is Casper, please allow him to speak for himself. My he's still on the line. Listen, My point here in this philosophy is that uh, it's going to work because uh, people, we need to tell people what are they doing it for. The actual reason, they must understand. Because you, you can't take anything that you you, 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 you hear from people and uh, say, uh, I believe in this. You must know what you're doing. All right. Thank so you very much, Sabo. Thank you. Uh, let me go to some voice notes. Good evening to you, Patricia, and the guests. Hey, Patricia, I really concur with you. It's very difficult, very, very difficult, because we are talking about something very practical. The same person that killed your child, the same person that raped your sister, the same person that raped your wife, the same person that, uh, you, you know, I, how do you trust such a person? How really, how, how do you trust such a person? I think your guest must explain, maybe there are some types of people who can be, you know, reconcile with the society but in some some of them when he comes back or when she comes back it becomes very dangerous people will be still afraid of those people how can we hey yes this is mark on the road from Deben. for me it's difficult uh, hey Dimas, uh how are you yeah, I hear Casper. What he's saying is, I do agree with him with regard to uh, his ideas of how to integrate other offenders. The the, the truth is, the, the 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 situation that is happening in South Africa. It cannot be treated as homogeneous as he says. Because there are people who are in prison. Others even did not even commit crimes. Others have been foresee, uh, what do you call this, accused, and then they do not know, as you say, we know that uh, an ignorance to the law is not an excuse. Some of them are good people who have been in prison, and we are one of them. And if we use the old way of blacklisting people that they cannot get to work because they came to prison, how does that help the country? Because we want people to be productive. Hi, Patricia. Um, this is a very fascinating study. I'm just not sure as to how are we going to implement that um, in our society. And also, um, are the very same people not going to be complicit in doing certain crimes, you know, because they will be familiar with our justice system and all that.
Those are the questions from A-teamers. Let me quickly uh, read these ones and then we'll get to Casper's comments. Uh, this one is uh, from Musa Mnyandu in Guadugusa, uh, who says, would you please ask your guest if he would also like ex-offenders to be made police officers? What a crazy idea overall. That's from Musa. This one, Maswabi Bloemfontein says, is it okay to have offenders to get jobs as warders? Um, only if someone can be working on another province, like offenders of Cape Town come to work in Limbobo uh, because giving them shame of record makes them stubborn and pushes them to re-offend. The last one I'm going to go through is from MM who says, Hi Patricia, the issue is that the definition of rehabilitation for the victims not the same as that of the state. Maybe a referendum would solve that puzzle because it's the victims and not the state that suffers at the hands of ex-offenders. So, Casper, your, your study clearly has in-depth um, you know, research in it uh, based on other countries, but implemented in South Africa, maybe take us uh, through briefly how you think it would be able to work and how these um, ex-offenders would be able to get into becoming prison wardens. Um, well, there's three reasons I can think of immediately why it would benefit our system. In the first place, uh, international experience has shown that ex-offenders, model ex-offenders, which are appointed, which are appointed as prison wardens, are high performance. That is indisputable um, in the international experience. In the second place, this idea of a cadre model uh, inspiring those on the inside to bend their ways and remonstrate with them about their wrongdoing. That's an extremely powerful narrative in which we could really change the lives of many people on the inside. We must remember that many of those people on the inside is already disadvantaged because of poverty, unemployment, and a number of other issues. There are really developmental challenges among those on the inside. And with with people like this who could really assist them and who they would be prepared to look up to because they feel those people have shared a common life trajectory with them, having also been in prison and can understand where they come from. I think it's a very, very valuable idea. And I understand that there's a lot of resistance to it because it is novel and um, it's nuanced in the in the sense that people feel uh, revengeful. But as I say, the international experience across the entire shaming perspective from on the one extreme, stigmatizing shaming, the right to the other extreme, which is integrative shaming, um, have shown that this can have spectacular results. Well, and uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah? Go ahead. And I think uh, it's definitely worth a trial run. Well, what I would love, the trial run to come at a time where we are all confident in our justice system, at a time where we see um, everyone who's uh, being, uh, you know, uh, convicted, having a proper rehabilitation, perhaps then I'll be comforted. But I really appreciate the fact that you as a criminologist are taking your time to find ways to make sure that all humans are treated equally. And for that, I thank you, Casper. Only a pleasure.